welcome back guys it is now episode five the nfl is still happening in some way somehow somehow some way but it's happening i mean they've rescheduled like nine games now the patriots aren't playing this week but hey my seahawks are five and oh and that's what matters my washington football team they exist they they do hey alex smith is a great story Yep, they, that's great for him. Congratulations to Alex Smith. It was so cute to see the video of like his family standing and applauding for him. I was like, oh. His his wife was so worried. I know. Oh my gosh. I literally, who wasn't worried seeing him back on the field? Every time they started coming at him, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, the man comes back after a broken leg. Aaron Donald, 200, all 200 and some odd pounds of him, decides to give him a piggyback ride and just jump on him. I was and just he, like, oh my. And then you see God. what happens to poor Dak Prescott this weekend, too. And it's like, I hate yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, but you hate to see that happen to anybody. I know. You got one one quarterback coming back from a great story and one just starting theirs. But, hey, the comeback is always greater than the setback. And I think Dak might be on my fantasy team, too, which is rough. And I say I think because I forgot my fantasy password this year, so I don't know who's on any of my fantasy teams. But that, that is a uh, – Big issue, to say the least. But unfortunate. However, I am doing spectacular in my survival league. I am actually in the final two for my family members for picking games so far this year. Hey, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty pretty good. good. Got to take my dad down. I picked the Steelers this week, and they came through for me. Oh, yeah. No. Hey, the masterpiece for Pennsylvania, the battle for Pennsylvania, there was no doubt the Steelers were going to win that. Oh, absolutely not. And... I mean, I hate the Eagles, but then the city of Pittsburgh makes me upset just because I hate the Penguins so much because I'm such a big hockey fan and I love the Capitals. So it's hard to root for any Pittsburgh team, but when it comes to football, I have to take the Steelers over the Eagles. Hey, in Caps news, how do you feel about Holpe? He's gone now. It's so... He's gone, our boy. It's so sad. I'm going to have to redo my room, my Holpe poster. I don't know what to do with it now. That's so awkward. Yeah, but how do you feel about Lindquist coming in? I'm That's so excited about Lundqvist because I've actually he's always been one of my favorite non-capitals players between like him and P.K. Subban like those are probably two of my favorite non-caps and now he's on the caps so like that's super exciting for me I'm definitely a little biased towards goalies just because I mean like I'm a goalie in soccer so I mean like hockey goalies I've always had that special connection with them but you know eh, I mean it's going to be interesting to see one what the NHL does this year you know hopefully they're looking to start in January, but hey, go Caps all the way. Absolutely. But speaking of soccer goalies, you want to introduce our guest this week? Absolutely. I'm so excited about our guest this week. Her name is Ella Gantman. She is a sophomore at Princeton, and she's the goalkeeper for Princeton's women's soccer. Is that not just like super impressive on its own? I mean, first off, you're going to Princeton. Like Ivy Princeton. Ivy League. And then... You're also playing soccer, and as she talks about, she's got all these other projects going on as well. It's like, we need one person to just tell her to stop so the rest of us can do things. It's honestly, it's not even fair. This girl has registered 30,000 poll workers. 30,000! Hey, we got to save something for the interview, something for her to talk about. That's true. Guys, it's hard. I just get so excited because she's just so impressive. So why don't I stop talking? We'll jump right into this interview and let's get going.
All right, everybody, please welcome the one and only Ella Gantman. Welcome to the show. Yeah. How are you doing this week? Uh, doing well. Glad it's Friday. It's been a long week, but Zoom makes it like, Zoom makes it feel like all the days are kind of the same. So like the days blur. And so, yeah, I'm just glad it's Friday. 100% I felt that. What is Princeton like online? Um, it's super different just because I feel like one of my favorite parts about Princeton was just kind of the campus community and being on campus and like it's so pretty um, and being in the dining halls like I think this is like similar for a lot of colleges but like when you're in the dining halls like you can kind of see your friends and sit down and eat and it just becomes like all the parts of your day become social except like if you relegate yourself to like a library to study by yourself or something but almost every other part of your day like you live with a roommate like it's all social and then this is like the exact opposite um like online learning you're just so unsocial um so that's probably it's just weird but school's still really hard um and teachers are definitely coming up with like more innovative ways to do online school and I think everyone's still kind of really like you have to get yourself back into the vibe of school because like over the summer I was so detached from school because I think when everyone came home for COVID like in March school felt fake but now like you're like oh wait school's real again like I actually have to like try so definitely been weird but um, I'm living with my friends right now or my teammates. So that's been really fun um, to at least have some social part of it. So I know yeah. I'm super jealous. I see you at the beach, you know, it seems nice. Yeah, super nice. And different. All, these, all, all the college kids are like doing class at the beach and we're all just stuck in our homes. Yeah, I mean, like I, I didn't want to be at home for the semester. I just, I couldn't do another semester at home. So when my friends were like, we should get a house at the beach, I was like, we should do that. And then we did, which was kind of wild, but it was fun. It's been fun. Good for you. It's a great choice. All right, let's jump into soccer a little bit and your journey to the road to D1. You know, obviously you're at Princeton playing goalie, playing soccer. Where did you start playing soccer? What age were you? Um, I started playing soccer when I think I was like four years old. Um, I played in this little Jewish Sunday league um, because my family is from Argentina. And so my parents sent me to like Saturday Spanish school on Saturdays. And that's when all the uh, like rec leagues were playing was on Saturdays. So I couldn't play in any of them because I was in, stuck in Spanish school all day. So then my parents put me in like this Jewish league that played on Sundays. Um, and I'm Jewish, but like I'm not practicing. So it was just like a very interesting experience because like all the girls were wearing like skirts down to like their ankles and like stuff like that. Um, when they were playing soccer so it was definitely fun but it was different um yeah so I started playing when I was really young yeah like four years old and you're now playing in college like it, it's got to feel weird looking back at those younger years yeah it's definitely been a long long journey I, I was a forward for a really long time till I was like 12 11 and then I kind of in middle school I transitioned to being more goalkeeper specific and that's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made um, especially in my soccer career, just because I enjoy it so much more. Um, yeah. I actually um, also play goalie in soccer. However, I started playing goalie because I hated running when I was eight years old. And that was the first year they were like, yeah, you can stand in the goal if you want. Yeah. No, I relate to that. I don't really like running, like fitness tests and that type of stuff aren't really my strength. And so I really enjoyed it. And then I think I've also like, I love like throwing my body places, like in terms of like diving and that type of stuff that's just kind of like more in my wheelhouse and like running up and down the field the entire for like 90 minutes mm -hmm. so I, it was like probably the best choice I ever made was to specialize in goalkeeping you said you shifted from a forward to like a goalie like how did that kind of shift happen besides you know just not wanting to run all that much 
for sure so like I feel like when I was younger um they'd always like have people volunteer to be goalie for like a half and then they'd like switch the people at halftime and I thought it was fun like I really liked like catching and like I played basketball when I was younger too and I like was pretty good at it like hand-eye coordination just like the basics I could catch a soccer ball I could throw it on um, that type of thing so I would always volunteer to play a half but then I, the other half I would always be striker and I really liked that but I think eventually um like I, I it came to the point where it was like you do have to choose between one of the two and I just knew I could excel in goalkeeping because I was like a very average striker and when it came to goalkeeping I was actually pretty decent so I, I kind of turned and looked towards that path just because I knew I could be better at it. So that's when you chose that you wanted to play goalie and that's what you wanted to push yourself in. When did you realize that you could take it to the next level playing goalkeeper and play at the college level? Yeah, so I was playing at a small um, travel team called DC Stoddart until I was uh, in seventh grade. And then in eighth grade, I switched over to an ECNL team. And ECNL um, at the time was the highest level of uh, girls soccer in the country. Um, and so instead of traveling, you know, to Maryland, Virginia to play soccer, all of a sudden I was traveling to Phoenix and San Diego and Indiana and South Carolina. And it was just a lot more serious. And I realized that if I was putting myself through that type of um, intense kind of uh, situation, if my parents were funding it and my parents were driving me and flying me places to play soccer, it was worth kind of putting in the extra effort. So that's kind of when I started doing private goalkeeping training in order to really specialize in that in that field. And I think that's when the extra effort came in. And then around, I started getting co like college looks in sophomore year of high school. Um, so I, I think around freshman and sophomore years when I realized that I could play collegiate soccer, um, I started going to like ID clinics um, and that type of thing because the tide had kind of turned and I realized that this was something that I was good enough to do um, and something that if I was willing to invest myself into that I was also going to, I had the potential to, to do that. Yeah, and you actually committed yourself to a school that's not Princeton sophomore year, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so at the end of my sophomore year, um, I'd been getting looks from a bunch of different um, schools. I talked to a lot of schools on the phone and gone to ID clinics and unofficial visits. I dragged my dad around the entire country on unofficial visits on weekends. Um, so I'd gone to the state of Florida like three times for a bunch of different schools there. I'd gone to Chicago, like to Chicago and like Illinois and schools around there. I, I'd gone all around. So I thought I knew what I wanted to do. Um, and in June of my sophomore year, I ended up committing to an ACC school. Um, and that kind of just fell through um, mid junior year because of the coaching staff, a, a change in the coaching staff, which was a very big bump in my recruiting journey. But um, then I recommitted or I committed to Princeton um, at June or during June of my junior year. So about a year later um, than my original commitment. So yeah, definitely a interesting process, but it happened and I'm really grateful I ended up where I ended up. How did like the shift from like an ACC school to Princeton, which is uh, renowned also for its ac academics as well as being a pretty good athletic school. How did that kind of shift happen? Yeah, so I honestly didn't really know what I wanted in a school. Like I was looking at schools, like state schools that had like 50,000 students and then like little liberal arts schools with like 1,500 students and like somewhere in like Florida and then somewhere in like New Hampshire. So it was just like, I didn't really know what I wanted in school. Um, so I was looking everywhere. And I think at the end of the day, um, when I had the opportunity to commit to Princeton, like that was something I couldn't really say no to just because they have like 
really good athletic program. Like our program and for our last five season, seasons has been ranked as a top 25 program in the country for women's soccer. And then also like our academics are obviously like pretty well known and like um, just really rigorous. So I thought it was a good balance of everything I wanted in a school. Um, and so I couldn't really say no to that when the opportunity came by. That's awesome. And you were actually a sophomore at Princeton this year. Like you've been there for a year now. What is your favorite part about the school, the athletic program and the academic program? So the athletic program, I think my favorite part about it is just how much, I guess, in like for the two, I love how they kind of allow you to be a student and an athlete at the same time. Um, not to like say anything about schools that really just focus on your athletics. But when I was um, kind of getting recruited by certain schools, um, it was kind of like, your athletics were just your main identifier of who you were as a student. You were like a student and then you were an athlete and those were the only things that you could be. Um, and my favorite thing about Princeton is that I have three campus jobs. Um, I'm able to also like work on my own separate project that I've started getting really invested in. I'm able to be parts of clubs at school and be a student and be an athlete. And there's just so many other things that I can kind of identify as within like the student body and within the school. Um, and so I think the opportunities to be a student, be an athlete and be so much more has been really special to me. Um, when I was getting recruited by some of the power five um, conference schools, it just seemed as if soccer was the only aspect of your life that you could kind of really embrace outside of academics. And I think that Princeton has allowed me to do so much more than that, um, which I've been really grateful for. That's awesome. And you actually just briefly mentioned that you have, you know, your own separate project going on. It's actually called Pole Hero, I believe. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it is such an awesome project that you're working on. Cool. So yeah, um, so over the summer, um, some other Princeton students and I co-founded a project called the Pole Hero Project, and we are a nonpartisan organization that is recruiting poll workers, uh, student poll workers uh, in high school and college this over the summer and now going into the fall um, for this upcoming election. Um, we found that a lot of cities were having a lot of issues recruiting poll workers because of COVID and like the average poll worker is 62 years old. And because of that, a lot of um, polling places were shutting down, which leads to people having to wait in like seven, eight hour lines. And when that happens, it really discourages people to vote because like no one wants to wait in an eight hour line, especially if they don't think their vote's gonna matter that much or other things like that. Um, and so we just wanted to make sure all the polling places could stay open or as many as possible. So we started recruiting um, young people to be voters, or sorry, to be poll workers. So 16, 17, 18, you know, high school and college students. And now we've recruited over 30,000. And so we've been able to grow our project substantially since the beginning of the summer. And being able to be invested in something like that with the complete support from my coaches, um, while also being a student and again, being an athlete has been super amazing. Um, because I feel like at other schools, like, they don't expect you to do anything huge outside of your athletic and academic commitment. And at Princeton, it's really genuinely like encouraged. That is so um, amazing. And honestly, to all of our listeners, make sure that you are voting. And if you have the opportunity to see if you can become a poll worker to make sure that you're helping other people be able to vote too. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I know some poll workers are able to get paid. So there's a possibility you can make a couple extra bucks on the side as well as helping out. Yeah, poll uh, is definitely a paid position. Um, it's always a paid position, and um, I don't really know the rates depending on counties, but you can normally make a few hundred bucks for a day's work. So it's definitely a really cool opportunity, and you also get to meet a bunch of people, and it makes you more likely to vote because if you're already at the polling place, if you're eligible to vote, it definitely makes you more likely to vote. 
So I just think it's overall a win. Um, yeah. For the state of Virginia. I see no downsides. Oh, yeah. For the state of Virginia, unfortunately, you cannot be a poll worker unless you're a registered voter. So if you're under 18, you can still be a poll page. So look into that if poll worker is not an option for you. But hopping back on to Ella, um, can you tell us a little bit about your freshman season with Princeton? Sure. So I, I would say my freshman season was pretty hard because we had a four-year starting goalkeeper um, as our senior. So she broke almost every Ivy League record for saves, games played, shutouts. Um, really incredible goalkeeper named Natalie Grassi. Um, and she started her freshman year and played as the starter through her senior year. So coming in, it was definitely very interesting to come into an environment where, um, you know, in high school, I had started every game um, of my, you know, club career. And I was definitely kind of, I, I hadn't been used to sitting on a bench and kind of feeling like a practice goalkeeper. And so I think coming into that environment um, as a freshman, especially if you're going D1, you're probably one of the best people on your club or in your club. Um, and so going into an environment where everyone was like that is definitely very interesting. Um, but what I learned a lot in my freshman year is how much you can learn from just watching other goalkeepers play. Um, our senior was so patient in goal um, and she was just very technical as well. Um, and overall, I think that being able to get practice with you know three other goalkeepers that were some of the best goalkeepers in the country um, was really good for just my own development, pushing me to be better. Um, but it was definitely a different type of position than I was used to during my um, high school career, for sure. I mean, looking forward to this year, what is this kind of season looking like with the effects of COVID and everything like that? Yeah, so our fall season, um, the Ivy League was one of the first um, Division One uh, leagues or conferences to um, to cancel the fall season. Um, and then a lot of conferences followed after the Ivy League did that but um, they're still looking at a spring season. We're still unsure, but living with my teammates has been super beneficial to training um, because we were able to get on a field three times a week, three to four times a week, able to get in the gym two to three to four times a week. Um, so really we're doing double days, you know, training in the morning soccer wise and then lifting in the afternoon. Um, and I think being around my teammates has been incredibly motivating in order to keep me, you know, working and realizing that this isn't just exercising. This is truly training for a season that may or may not happen. And I think that's kind of one of the really important things about division one athletes is realizing that you have to be training for a season that might not happen um, and being able to keep that focus and keep that um, motivation to be to be training all the time, no matter what, because at that point, if you're a division one athlete, that is what you need to be in the gym every day is a division one athlete, not an off season athlete that might not have a season type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously training is so important for you while you're in college athletics, like making sure that you're at the top of your game to play in college. But how much training did you have to put in before you got there, like working towards your goal? How many hours a week were you putting into soccer in high school? For sure. So I think I was I was playing club at a normal level of like how often people play club. I think we had practices three times a week, um, but then my club would also do goalkeeping practices. Um, and so I do that twice a week. So I guess that's five practices a week with my club. Um, and then I would do one private goalkeeping session a week uh, with um, my goalkeeper coach, who's been training me since seventh grade, great guy. Um, and so I guess it's now six practices a week. And then I would lift um, twice a week. Um, so I guess that's eight times a week, I would be doing something. Um, and then over the summer, I was running every single day because um, running becomes really important once you're in college, everyone's fitter and stronger. 
Um, so I think that if you're still really young in high school, you don't need to focus on the lifting piece. But once you're a junior and senior, the lifting piece becomes a lot, uh, a lot more important because people are so much stronger in college. Um, it's like exponentially stronger um, every year. So yeah, I'd say I was training like eight times a week um, during high school. Yeah, absolutely. And that definitely is going to put a lot of strain on your body. And you actually, I believe you said you had an injury senior year of high school. That must have been devastating. What was that like? Yeah, so in early September of my senior year of high school, I um, hurt my knee and I had to get knee surgery. I'd get um, some reconstruction surgery on a ligament around my knee, um, which was a season ending um, injury. And so I didn't get to uh, play until nationals, ECNL nationals in June. Um, so I hurt, got hurt in September and didn't play till really April. I was practicing and then June I was in national finals. Um, and we got to the national finals, which was a very quick turnaround in terms of uh, the pace of the play um, and kind of the stakes of the play as well became very high very quickly. Um, so I think that injury is definitely something that happens to a lot of athletes, but I think getting through injury, um, taking care of yourself through injury, not rushing through the process, trusting your physical therapist, trusting your orthopedic surgeon and all this other, all the other pieces in recovery are very, very important as well. Um, but I don't think that injury should de like deter someone from continuing to play their sport after it. Yeah. I mean, during your injury, there were obviously, you obviously had a great support system around you to be able to come back from something like that. But was there like one person either through your injury or just through your uh, life as a whole that kind of really pushed you on and really motivated you? I mean, personally, I would say like my family and my close friends, of course, were there for every like step of the journey um, when I, you know, post-surgery when I couldn't really walk and I like couldn't really uh, do anything. My family was there for my like emotional support. Um, but in terms of soccer support, my goalie coach, again, like I mentioned that I, he's been coaching me since I was in seventh grade, since I was 12 years old. And so this will be now my seventh year with him as my trainer. Um, and he continue to believe in me throughout the whole the whole situation he was like you will get back it, he used very like definitive statements like when you are back we are going to do this not if you are back um or like when when you're able to dive again like he, he used very definitive statements that kind of pushed me to get to that state so that like he would talk as if um like he knew for sure that I was going to be you know balling in like a few months and I think that really pushed me um I think that making like having my goalkeeper coach consistently remind me that like it was absolutely possible for me not to just get back as good as I was, but be better than I was before was really important for me. Um, I think that if he had doubted me, I would have doubted myself, but he didn't. Um, and that was definitely really important. Like that isn't to say I didn't doubt myself at any point because I definitely did. But having other people that weren't doubting me was really important. Yeah, that positive reinforcement must have been like just so integral for you being able to get back to uh, as you said, being better than you were before to be able to play at that college level after you'd already made that commitment to play at Princeton. Yeah, no, that was definitely one of the things I was most nervous about was I had just committed to Princeton in June of 2018. And now I think it was uh, September of 2018 when I got hurt. So I was just so scared. It had only been a few months since I'd committed. And, you know, committing to Princeton was probably one of the highlights of my life. And then, you know, having knee surgery was probably one of the lowest points. So it was a very quick turnaround um, in, that, in that respect. And so I think 
that that happening, it built, it builds a lot of character. So I wouldn't recommend anyone getting knee surgery, but if it happens, it does build a lot of character. Okay. So we'll say not recommended, but not the worst. <laughs> Four throughout, throughout that whole kind of process. So you were constantly in contact, I'm sure with the, the Princeton coach of what kind of relationship happened there? Yeah. In terms of relationships with coaches, I think that, um, we, I had been talking to the Princeton coaches since the beginning of my sophomore year of high school. Um, and so we had been in conversations over the phone and I'd gone to ID clinics and things like that. I think goalkeeping is a very specific position in soccer to recruit because oftentimes, you know, if you're a left back and they don't need a left back, but they might need a right back or they need a left midfielder or a center back, you can adapt. You know, I have friends that were, you know, defenders and um, you know, in club soccer, and then they got recruited as forwards because you can change like that. Goalkeeping, you can't really change. Either they're recruiting a goalkeeper or they're not. So I think that definitely, um, at least at Princeton, was what kind of um, slowed my process um, in recruitment because they weren't sure if they wanted or needed a goalkeeper for my specific year. Um, and so that was definitely something that was hard was that patience to continuously stay in contact with the coaches, um, even though I wasn't getting necessarily the answer that I wanted to hear from them for quite a while. Um, but yeah, I think that you need to build a really good relationship with coaches. I also think that it's really important, even if you don't want to go to a school, to be really positive and kind to coaches. Um, I had a coach, an assistant coach at one school that I didn't um, necessarily want to go to become a head coach at a different school. Um, you know, she changed positions and then that was a school I was interested in. So you need to keep good relationships with everyone and anyone you meet because you never know where they're gonna end up. You don't wanna close any doors for your future self um, before they even open. So I think that having a really good relationship with all the coaches you're talking to is really important. That is some great advice. And you were just mentioning how, you know, it's a really specialized position. They can only have so many goalkeepers on a team. And you were saying before how um, on your high school team, you were always a starter. So after, um, your goalkeeper from last year's graduated. There's no senior here anymore. What is the dynamic like between the goalkeepers on the team competing for a starting position? I think that the dynamic is it's different than than high school because you know we're all in this together, but we are competing. Like it is a very competitive um, environment. Like we are competing for a starting spot, and that's really important to all of us. However, at the same time, um, the goalkeeper union, at least at Princeton, is so supportive. Um, right now, uh, two of our seniors graduated. We had one senior that played and one senior that didn't play for all four years. Both of them, great friends. Um, and, you know, they both were great people and great goalkeepers to work with. And then there's a junior goalkeeper right now um, on the team and me. And so there's now two goalkeepers on the team. And then next year we'll have a freshman come in. Um, and I think that the goal is for each of us to push each other to the, like, to our, to the extent of our abilities so that whoever plays and whoever gets selected, that's the coach's choice, is the best prepared for whatever game day might bring up. Um, I think we all understand that we're all playing our best and the coaches are going to make their decision at the end of the day. And if that decision doesn't favor you, then you need to do everything that you can to make the other goalkeepers better so that your team is best prepared for any given situation. Yeah, while it's definitely an individual competition you are still ended up on the same team rooting for the same people hoping for the best outcome absolutely I think that like especially my freshman year I played a big supporting role on the team since we had a four-year starter 
Um, and that supporting role was every volley I was hitting towards her needed to be the best volley that I could hit. Every shot I was hitting towards her needed to be the best thing I could give in every given moment so that when she got a similar play in the game, that she had done that over and over to, and that each of us were giving her the best rep possible because at the end of the day, she was going to be the one representing us on the field. And that was really important for each of us. And like when she got that record, that was a big win for the entire goalkeeper union at at Princeton when she got all these Ivy League records because we've all been part of her training, all been part of that process. That's so great to hear about like just such a supportive system that does really push you to be the best you can. But yeah, it's so supportive at the same time. You've really given us such great advice for everybody today and we really appreciate your time. And we don't wanna keep you for too long, but before we go, we do have to have our speed round at the end of every episode. So Josh, do you wanna host that this week? Of course, I would love to. So we've just got a couple quick questions to go through. Um, our favorite one to start with is lifting or running? Lifting. That's Always one. lifting. Five for five. Oh my God. Yeah, we, we're just looking for that one person that actually says running, but I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> D1 so, actually enjoys running, hit us up. Yeah, I don't think any, any do. So um, have you ever Googled yourself or do you ever Google yourself? I have Googled myself, but mostly just because I'm nervous to see what other people will read if they Google me. <laughs> well, you are famous yeah. outside of soccer because of Pole Hero. You've been on all the news outlets recently. Well, yeah, I've Googled myself just to make sure nothing weird's coming up. <laughs> um, who is your celebrity crush? Uh, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Very understandable on that one. <laughs> All right, um, favorite class over there? Um, my favorite class, I took this class at Princeton that was a Hamilton class and we got to go see Hamilton and it was really interesting. And it was overall, like it was a small seminar on American history, but it was really cool. That's so interesting. All right, so with how many games you've had over the course of your, since four years old, do you have a set pregame meal that you have to have before you go out on that field? I don't have a set pregame meal. I definitely have things I shouldn't eat. I used to think that because I was a goalkeeper, I could like drink a Frappuccino before games because I wasn't going to run. And I quickly realized that I couldn't do that or like that I could drink coffee or like other things like that. So I've just quickly learned that goalkeeping doesn't exempt me from other food rules. So I just try to eat what everyone else is eating. Yeah, no, you don't necessarily want to hit Starbucks before the game. <laughs> no, no need to carb load though either. You're not, you're not going to be running up and down those fields. But I like a, um, I like a big one cream cheese. That's yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. All right. Um, favorite sport to watch, either besides soccer, if it is soccer or otherwise. I, I like basketball. Basketball is fun. Been watching the NBA stuff that's been going on, but I don't have like a team. I just think it's fun because they score a lot. I mean, there's like a lot of reward. There's a lot of points going on. Yeah, you definitely don't want to see that in soccer games, though, for sure. So Heat or Lakers then, since we're on the last day of the finals, who do you want to win? I've, I guess, I guess Lakers, just because is that is that bandwagony? That's really bandwagony. We've <laughs> only got two choices at this point, anyway. Yeah, they're up three-one, anyways. It'll probably end tonight, but we'll have to see. All right, so this is our favorite question to ask everyone, um, and it's going to be our final question. So, if there was a sports drama created about you and about your life, who would play you? Who would play me? Oh no, I feel like, let's see. Um, I feel like Aquafina would create a really funny, 
like comedy I don't know I feel like something I would want my life to be a comedy if there wasn't like a movie about it so I feel like Aquafina would make it funny but she's also done drama so I feel like she could play it either way so and then we can make sure that Michael B. Jordan is a love interest in the movie yeah there we go exactly <laughs> all right thank you so much for joining us today Ella and best of luck with your season whenever that does end up happening yeah thank you guys yeah. so much for having me um it's been really nice talking to you guys and yeah thanks again how about that folks just an amazing person and an amazing goalie for Princeton oh absolutely I cannot wait to get to see her play out on the field once the Ivy League gets the chance to get back out there once it's safe obviously because that's the most important part by far yes keeping everyone safe both the athletes the families and just normal students as well everyone needs to stay safe so we can get through this and hopefully get back to sports and being in those stadiums as well. Absolutely. And Ella is doing so much work off the field. It seems like she's keeping herself busy while they're not able to play between her training and all her other projects going on. Yes. Make sure if you can vote, go vote. It's non-political. Just make sure you get out to vote. And if you can't vote or if you can and you want to, make sure you go volunteer to be a poll worker so more people can vote. And guys, guess what? If you sign up through Poll Hero Project, you could have the chance to win a five-minute phone call with Kevin Chamberlain, the guy who played Bertram on Jesse. Dude, I'm going to go sign up right now. Josh, unfortunately, you can't because you're not 18 in the state of Virginia. But if you could, I know you would. And then another one, you could also win a five-minute phone call with Josh Gad, who is Olaf from Frozen. I'd still do anything for Bertram. I'm stuck on Bertram. I'm sorry. Guys, if you have the opportunity to, you better go take advantage of this and be a poll worker, get paid, and have the chance to talk to Bertram. Exactly. You want to plug their Instagram so more Absolutely. people can find it? So if you have the opportunity to, well, everybody needs to go follow at Poll Hero Project, P-O-L-L-H-E-R-O Project on Instagram, and then click on the link in their bio to see what you can do to help and also make sure you go follow Ella herself at E Gantman 6 G-A-N-T-M-A-N to make sure that you're staying up to date with what's going on with her and her life. Yeah, guys, give this amazing person a follow. I mean, it's going to be amazing to watch the next three years of everything she does both on and off the field. Absolutely. And while you're on Instagram, might as well go follow us. Yeah, follow us at the road to D1 and make sure you check in every Friday so you can see who's going to be on next Tuesday. Alrighty guys. Also make sure you're following us on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to, to make sure you're staying up to date with everything and make sure you're coming back next Tuesday to listen to our next episode. Yep. Drop that follow on Spotify, Apple music or anywhere else you're listening to this. So you stay up to date and get those notifications for when we drop. And most importantly, have a great week and stay safe, everybody. Yes, safe, healthy, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye, guys.